football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports alright you're welcome back it's Thursdays off the ball Nathan with you until 10 o'clock we've got John Giles coming up at 9 on the football show we'll be chatting to him about well, the weekend that was in the Premier League and also looking ahead to the Republic of Ireland's two upcoming fixtures in the Nations League they're in Scotland on Saturday night they take on Scotland at Hampden Park and then on Tuesday night we'll have full live commentary of the game against Armenia myself and Stuart Byrne beyond that when we kick off is at 7.45 uh, let's go across to Glasgow because Gavin Cooney of the 42 is there uh, evening, Gavin. How are you, Nathan? Uh, it's been a relatively uneventful week for Stephen Kenny. Andrew Omobamadele's absence aside, he's pretty much got a full deck to choose from. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been low on news, hasn't it? And it's also been an opportunity, almost a full week's training. Like it, we've had a long, there's a long lead into this game now. I mean, the squad assembled on Sunday night. Uh, they flew out today and the game's not till Saturday. So it's been so rare for Stephen Kenny and his coaches to get that amount of time with the squad on the training ground before a match. Like usually, you know, we often, oftentimes would have played one game and we'd be gearing up for the second at this point in an international window. So only a two-game window and lots of time to prepare for this trip to Scotland. So this is the Nations League. So just a reminder as to where we are. The first four games all took place in that really condensed June window. Uh, Got off to the worst possible start for the Republic of Ireland. They were beaten over in Armenia, then beaten at home by what was essentially a second string Ukraine side. And I think everybody was a little bit concerned at that stage uh, for Stephen Kenny's future because all the momentum that had been built up over the previous six, nine months uh, disappeared pretty quickly. But then Ireland produced arguably the best performance under Kenny at home against Scotland. The quality of the goals from Troy Parrott and Michael Obafemi. 3-0 win there. Followed it up over in Ukraine uh, or away against Ukraine in uh, Poland. A one-all draw. Nathan Collins scores that wonder goal. And it means Ireland it feels uh, are in a strong position to kick on from here though in terms of what it means for the Nations League uh, unlikely to top their group unlikely to get a second seeding in next month's draw for the Euro qualifiers yet there is still an importance on picking up as many points as you possibly can yeah unlikely Nathan but not impossible and while we still have hope we should cling to it in terms of topping the group Uh, so if Ireland do want to top the group they have to win there are two games. So beat Scotland on Saturday and beat Armenia on Tuesday. Now, recent history would tell you that that's not very likely because Ireland have yet to win back-to-back competitive games under Stephen Kenny. They've been so maddeningly inconsistent uh, under Kenny so far, results-wise at least. Um, and they also need other results to go their way. Um, they need Ukraine to either fail, uh, Ukraine to either draw or lose to Armenia on Saturday afternoon. And then they need Ukraine and Scotland to draw on Tuesday. Uh, so they will kick off at Hamden Park knowing the result of that Ukraine and Armenia game uh, as regards if they still have a chance to top in the group or not. Uh, but as you say, it's important. You know, there are so many different permutations and so many different sets of results with so many different outcomes uh, that you can kind of drive yourself a little bit mad worrying about all the permutations. But it is basically important for Ireland to pick up as many results as they can uh, because the Nations League determines seeding for Euro 2024 uh, for that qualifying final draw that's on the 9th of October and it also uh, it will also have a say in whether Ireland will get a playoff for those Euros if they can qualify through the front door of that qualification group so the chances of them will be second seeds if they can top the group if they don't top the group they have a 
tiny chance but it's very very slim of being second seeds that's unlikely and then in terms of making the playoffs it comes down to needing results from elsewhere across the whole qualifying group in in, uh, all the qualifying groups in 2023 there's four playoff spots up for grabs in league b and the four top ranked sides who don't go to the euros will get one so there's many imponderables Mm. there's a whole lot of results we still have to figure out basically collect um the more points ireland can get over these next two games the more likely it is that they'll go to the euros and just put a bit more context than that the draw for the euros at the moment both france and england are among the second seeds so you Mm. could be left with a particularly daunting qualifying path uh, by being third seeds though if ireland win these two games they'll probably have that guaranteed playoff as we had the last time against slovakia Uh, i was in the office on monday and uh Got a lot of looks of bemusement when I was talking about the importance of these games and if Ireland were to slip up against Scotland and slip up again against Armenia that, you know, in 10 days' time we'll be discussing Stephen Kenny's future if that were to happen and a lot of looks of, no, 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 Stephen Kenny has a contract. This is now set in stone. There's nothing that could happen over these two games that would start that conversation again. What's your sense of how solid the ground that Kenny is on right now? I would say that the ground is pretty solid. There will always be that kind of speculation, but I'd be, I'd be true. Like back to even, God, I don't know. If Ireland were to lose both these games, he'd be under a lot of pressure. Like, and he'd be on the back foot going into that Euros campaign. But he'd be, I'd be shocked if the FAI made a change. Like he's been given a contract until the end of the Euros qualification, and Euros qualification is the benchmark. It's in the FAI's strategic report. The baseline expectation for the men's, the senior men's international team is that they qualify for the Euros. And it's at the end of that campaign that it'll be judged. And if Ireland don't qualify for those Euros, then I don't think Kenny can have too many complaints as if to, if he does, if he's moved on. Um, but I, there'll be lots of speculation and lots of noise that there always is. But if the results don't go well for Ireland, there can be there will be pressure and there will be an expectation that things will have to turn around for Kenny. Uh, but I'd be, I'd be amazed to see the FAI uh, make a move and go looking for another manager. So in terms of selection for Saturday night, uh, Stephen Kenny has the usual issues that an international manager faces that some of his first choice players just aren't getting as much game time as they would like. Uh, one of those is Matt Doherty, who you could make an argument has maybe been the best player of Stephen Kenny's reign so far, uh, who has had little or no game time for Tottenham. Uh, you were out at the press conference he was at earlier in the week and were asking him about Antonio Conte. So here's what Matt Doherty had to say about Antonio Conte changing the mentality at Spurs and why he's raring to go in this window yeah I feel right re- I feel ready to start I mentioned earlier that we we train extremely hard at club level so um, if you're not if you're kind of not starting games you're you're ready to start even if uh, even if you've not been coming off the bench and stuff like that so yeah I feel I feel pretty ready to go yeah, pre-season well the last one was yeah <laughs> last one was pretty tough can you give us an insight into how you've changed and improved as a player since you started working with content yeah, look, I think just obviously fitness-wise has been a huge improvement in, I think, the whole squad, not just me. Um, tactically, we're seeing a different style of play, different way of playing. Um, and I think you can probably see that in the results that we get at club level now, that we're, we're kind of just not dominating teams with the ball, but we don't, never look really at threat of conceding many goals. And we always, with the boys up top, always have, have chances to win. Um, and just mentally, he's kind of changed the mentality of the, of the whole club, you know. He's made us feel like we we can win. He's made us feel like winners. Um, 
we know he's obviously won a lot in the past and, and, and we're, we're kind of trying to join the ride with him. Yeah, have you personally felt that change in mentality as well? And if so, is that something you can take into the international camp? Yeah, I've personally felt that. Like we, we have meetings, we have we have talks where after you feel motivated, you're feeling like I remember. I remember first when he first came in, he, did, he had a meeting, and like you were ready, to, honestly ready to run to run through a wall for him after it. So, um, look, he's he's one of the best managers that that have been around. So, um, whatever he says, we listen to. Yeah. So Matt Doherty, uh, despite his lack of game time, do you expect him to start? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, he's been too important for Stephen Kenny. He's been, as you say, one of Kenny's best players under his reign, if not his best player. Uh, we asked Doherty there if he feels fit to start. He does. Like he's barely played for Tottenham, which is a worry. He's got he's had twenty minutes off the bench this season across a Champions League game against Marseille and, and a Premier League game against Southampton, and he's been out of action since April. So that he is like painfully lacking match sharpness. But he insists that he's fit to go because. The training regime at Tottenham would have you fitter than most players would be from playing games elsewhere. I think that that's probably fair. We've heard about kind of uh, the pre-seasons under Conte that uh, Doherty alluded to there, which are less a series of training sessions than they are kind of a trials of ritual punishment. Heard these long, um, pitch-long sprints that they were doing in an open training session in South Korea. The Troy Parrott is the last man left standing, actually. And the likes of Harry Kane left writhing on the floor vomiting like they were absolutely brutal so Darty insists that he's fit to go uh, and like I, I thought it was a bit of a concern just to the extent to which he's been out in the cold at Spurs like he's not even second choice right wing back based off the selections we've seen so far this season he's in third choice Emerson Royale who I really don't think it's much good. It's nonetheless first choice. And Ivan Perisic swapped from the left to the right for that game against Leicester at the weekend. And he was second choice. But Doherty had a slightly curtailed pre-season. That knee injury that he picked up in April carried into uh, into pre-season. But he says the last couple of weeks he's moving better and he feels fully sharp. And the plan is for him to go away with Ireland, get two games, and that'll force him back into the reckoning um, at Tottenham. So he's of a quality and of an experience. Um, and he has such credit in the bank with Stephen Kenny that I really would be surprised if he didn't start right wing back on Saturday. Every celebrity, their thought on Thursday and Friday would be, how do we skip the game? <laughs> Beckham just flipped that on his head. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports uh, Looking at the rest of the potential 11 uh, Stop me if you disagree My sense will be that there's just a couple of positions That Stephen Kenny really needs to think about So with Cueven Keller injured It's straightforward Gavin Bazuna will come back in goal There's a space at centre-back Nathan Collins and John Egan You assume are automatic selections is it Daryl Shea who's playing club football all the time? Is it Shane Duffy who again has had a real rejuvenation over recent months with Stephen Kenny? Or does he go back to Seamus Coleman who I was looking when you take out the first couple of matches of Stephen Kenny's reign against Bulgaria and Finland whenever Coleman's been fit which has been rare enough unfortunately Coleman has always started when he's been in the squad but like Doherty hasn't played at all. What do you think yeah. he'll do? Um, if Coleman does play he'll play it right centre-back Um 
he, he could pick any any of the three. Just looking at Scotland's game last night against Ukraine, they scored two of the three goals from set pieces. So I'm wondering, will, will he be tempted then to play Duffy? But then at the same time, you saw how well Scotland pressed Ukraine uh, in that game midweek. And then cast your mind back to the early stages at Lansdowne Road of that 3-0 win for Ireland. The early stages looked anything but like it th- looked um, like they would end up in a 3-0 win for Ireland. Twice they gave a ball, gave the ball away playing out from the back and twice John McGinn should have scored. So you're wondering, is, is, uh, is Shane Duffy the right man to play there? Would Coleman or O'Shea be better on the ball? Uh, so I'm not sure. I think... I don't know. This there's no insight here. There's no. There's no. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I, if I was going to take a punt, I'd take a punt on Duffy just because what he adds uh, in terms of set pieces, both in Ireland's area uh, penalty box and in the opposition area. And you know, if he plays in the centre, that frees Nathan Collins uh, to go to the right of the back three, from which gives him more license to step forward into midfield. And he of all of Ireland's defenders, I think Collins is the is the defender. Who is on? Um, who is more most comfortable playing around a high press from the opposition? So that's where that's the direction I think he. I think he'll go, but as I say, that's a that's a guess. And I know you're you're going to clip this out and put it out before <laughs> kickoff when Coleman or O'Shea are picked and make me look foolish. Well, listen, uh, you and me both. So Matt Doherty, I expect he'll start in the right. Uh, James McLean, even with Robbie Brady back, uh, feels like you know the jersey is his right now. He was very impressive in the last two games, and then the middle of midfield, like there was a, a big shift after the defeat against Ukraine, where Jeff Hendrick finally dropped out of the team, and Jason Malumbi came in, and Callum Robinson and Shadozi Ogbeni, who again a year ago were the guys we thought were the future, they had a dip, they dropped out. Do you see any way back for those three? Oh, there's always ways back. I mean, Hendrick coming out of the team, what was more important than Hendrick coming out of the team was the fact that uh, two midfielders came in in his place. I mean, Ireland went from a a midfield two to a midfield three for that game against Scotland and the subsequent game in Poland against Ukraine, and that made all the difference. So Cullen will start. I'd imagine he'll stick with Knight and Malumbi, but Hendrick could easily come back in. Like, he's playing regularly and reasonably for Reading and he's also playing in a similar system you know they've been playing a back three and, and Hendrick has been one of the more attacking eights uh, so I could easily see him come uh, coming back into the team and he's always linked up really well with Matt Doherty on the right hand side mm-hmm. when they've played together so that is that is I, mean, I wouldn't be at all surprised if the uh, Hendrick comes straight back into the team as for Robinson like I mean there was a stage in 2021 where like Robinson was our great hope for goals and he was our first player scoring hat-tricks and scoring more than once in games since Robbie Keane and then he just faded from the team I think he looked he looked really unfit in, in June I have to say I remember seeing him we were in Armenia and he was down on the ground with a towel slung around his shoulders like he's gone 12 rounds of Mike Tyson after half an hour in that game it was warm but it wasn't that warm so he has he's forced his way into the Cardiff team now having left West Brom and he made a bit of an impact in, in, in one of his early games but I can't see him coming into the team but Ogbeni Ogbeni might well be selected um, he'll offer a pace in behind the Scottish back line which I think will be important for Ireland given and that Scotland will want to press high and they'll leave that space behind. And he's the man in form. He scored, what, four goals in his first five games of the season for Rotherham. And he's happily, at club level, been relocated from right wing back to forward, which Stephen Kenny has admitted is a boost for Ireland just to have him playing in the position that he wants to play in, in international level. So there's always ways back for these guys. Like We've we've written so many uh, international obituaries over the years only for players to bounce back from you know the next window or the window after it. So um, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see Hendrik restore the starting line up 
And I think Troy Parrott is probably nailed on to start. And I think there's a spot open as his partner up front. Can't see Scott Hogan making it despite his good club form because he was just anonymous when he started there against Ukraine in June. So I think it's a call between either Abafemi or Agbene. Um I don't I don't know. I don't know which way he's gonna go. Uh, let's hear from Josh Cullen. He was discussing uh, the Scottish result against Ukraine and they were incredibly impressive last night in a 3-0 win. It could easily have been 4-5 or five for Scotland uh, and he was talking about that and also why Ireland's victory in June has little bearing on Saturday's game. Yeah, of course it was a, a good result from for them. Um, yeah, the performance was obviously full of energy and um, yeah, look, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great result for them and and a good good win, but Saturday will be a new day, and, and we have to go in um, full of confidence and full of belief that we can go and get a result. No game is um, the same. It's going to be a new day on Saturday. Um, we can't uh, read too much into to what happened in the in the summer. Obviously, we take the positives from that and belief from it. But um, yeah, it's, it's a new day. It's a new game, and it's down to us to to go there we've had a good week to prepare and, and we feel ready ready for the game now and, and um, we're looking forward to like I said going in into the game putting in a good performance and, and trying to get a positive result and what were the positives from that game what do you feel that you did very well in that performance against Scotland that you'd be able to take now for the return game yeah I think obviously the, the, the goals we scored being clinical in front of goal um, goal from a set piece obviously a, a great goal um, pass from from Mikey and, and a great finish from from Troy and then obviously a bit of brilliance from from Mikey for, for the third goal as well. So um, yeah, I think we can take the the belief as a team that we've we've scored goals against them and we'll be looking to do that again. Different types of goals um, and yeah, all over the pitch. I think we were were full of, full of energy. One sort of individual battle. So we'll be looking to to go and do that again. I'd imagine, Gav, that the quality of that Scottish performance probably sold a few more tickets at Hampden Park on Saturday night. And Scotland are coming into this in such a different mindset from the summer. They were you know, a week on from the devastation of losing the World Cup playoff against Ukraine. Uh, the flip of that, watching them last night, the energy of, from John McGinn in particular and from Shea Adams. Uh, this is going to be quite a test. It will be, yeah. Scotland were really good last night. Like they they changed to a back four. I think it's the first time they've played a back four since the end of 2019, or at least started with a back four. And just the energy and the high pressing, like they rob possession off Ukraine uh, trying to play out from the back so often, which is a big concern for Ireland because that's how they play. And we've seen them look susceptible at times, if not all the time. But um, that is a concern for Ireland. You like Scotland were so dominant last night, like three nil. I think flattered Ukraine a bit. I mean, it was 22 shots or something to one Ukraine shot, and that wasn't even on target. So they were dominant. Um, so you're worn, you're, you are wondering, God, are we getting Scotland at a bad time? But do you prefer to get Scotland when they're so confident in themselves? Hmm. Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't take much, I have to say. I mean, I was reading a piece, the piece on the, on the Guardian today, wondering whether Steve Clark should rest Kieran Tierney for this game ahead of the Ukraine game on Tuesday. Yes. Because uh, I have to say, I love this stuff. This is the stuff I want to read. I saw, I saw Shea Adams out for revenge, prove a point against Ireland more than anybody. I know, they really want to atone. And like, okay, they might have scored early on in Dublin and that might have been a different game. But they were absolutely, they were bad in Dublin. But I thought, I have to say, I thought the reaction on the Scottish end was a bit OTT. And not to be too small-minded about it, 
didn't think they gave Ireland a lot of credit. Um, but look, I mean, that piece in the Guardian is there because the permutations are such that a draw for Scotland is fine on Saturday because that means they can go and go to Krakow and if they beat Ukraine in their last game, they'll still top the group. So it's still alive for them. But yeah, no, Scotland looked, they looked a completely different team in fairness. I mean, joking aside, I mean, maybe this isn't a great time to face Scotland based off how good they were um, in midweek. So it'll be interesting to see if that uh, if that affects uh, how Stephen Kenny is looking at this game. Uh, Josh Cullen, kind of, they're pretty much insistent that it probably won't. Um, but we'll, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. All right, Gav, thanks a lot for that. Cheers, Nathan. Gavin Cooney there from the 42. We'll have plenty more build-up to Saturday night's game across the next couple of days. And then obviously all the reaction uh, on Sunday's Off the Ball as well. All our football is brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.